Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Iglap. And of course, it's me, Paolo, your host. And for today's episode, uh, it's something that, you know, we, we've touched base on in Iglap uh, a few times in the past, right? Uh, but today's episode's a bit different because unlike in the past where, you know, we kind of had to go like a very broad way on how to discuss this particular subject matter, here we're going to go very specific and talk about uh, modern day desires. That's the title of the episode. Uh, I couldn't put like modern day kings or fetishes or whatever. So I just decided modern day desires, then we can discuss these kings, fetishes, and etc. So I have two very special guests today. But before I introduce them, you know, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Swagat Indian Cuisine, uh, Time Movement, and the Modern Fashionista. So our first guest has been here like, I don't know, five or six times already. Uh, she's really an awesome guest, and she's going to help me co-host, actually, uh, today's episode. Because uh, I think I really need some help with this uh, particular episode. So welcome back to the podcast again, uh, Nudista. Annyeonghaseyo! Wow! <laughs> so hi, everyone. I'm Nudista. Nandito ako ulit. When's the last time? I think two months uh, ago? Three weeks ago. One... Like three weeks ago. <laughs> it feels so long, maybe because we're stuck in lockdown. That that could be. Or maybe because I keep having an episode every week, so maybe that's why you feel it's a bit long than it actually is. But yeah, but you know, for those who you know are joining us, Nudista, uh, who may not know you, which sounds impossible, why don't you give like a very short introduction about yourself? Hi, so again, I'm Nudista. So I'm someone who practices BDSM here in the Philippines. I advocate safe sex, practices BDSM, bondage, and other other stuff. Not just related to sex, but I also talk about relationships and spirituality. So I've been here so many times, and it's almost always about sex. Except that one time I talked about spirituality with Paolo. So that was new, but at the same time, very eye-opening. So... It was all good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know there's a lot more to to Nadista than sex and whatever, right? But uh, it's quite difficult to 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 find other uh, topics because, of course, I don't want to just have Danny, Nadista, uh, and I in the episode. I want to look for other people. That's how I was glad to have that spirituality episode with you when we had the the Hindu and the the Buddhist, right? So definitely, I'm always happy to have Nadista here because you know, she's just such a fun person to have on the podcast and yeah she's also neutral good according to the facebook test that we had which is believable I, i'm not surprised yeah neutral good the devil so you changed it to blue actually i was joking um you know nudista and the next guest that it's going to be balanced because nudista got neutral good i got lawful good and our next guest, who's been here, of course, twice already, got, I think, Chaotic Evil Yata or something like that, right? So, you know, it, so for our next guest, she's been here twice already, but today's episode is going to be quite interesting. Uh, I really hope Iglap doesn't get warned or banned or canceled on Facebook because of this episode. But then we had the 4R sex episode before, and so far we're still here. But I we're honestly don't want to... 
so far, I'm not really sure what our next guest is going to share. So uh, as usual, I'll be a bit stressed just because I'm thinking, shoot, are we going to get canceled or not? But of course, I just want our next guest to just tell us like the cold hard facts, like every single detail, every single whatever. So yeah, so welcome again to the podcast, uh, Coco Ehe. Hey guys! Hi, Nadista! Nice to you. Yeah, oh first time kong makinala si Coco. So it's going to be something new for me because I'll be hearing her kinks as well and how she practices BDSM and other sex practices during lockdown. <laughs> and I'm excited to hear about your stories too. So, yeah. I don't know. Tell us session. All I can say is... Uh, uh, Nadisa, you're gonna be shocked with what Coco has to tell you because well, she, I don't think so. You, 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 <laughs> I mean, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think you would be. I think you would be. But anyway, uh, Coco, for those who are watching who may not, you know, know you or anything, uh, why don't you give like a very short introduction about yourself as well? Hi. So yeah, uh, my name is Coco. Um, I am a practicing dominatrix uh, for two years now, but. Um, besides my uh, sex gigs, I also write mostly about sexual health, social wellness, sex positivity, uh, feminism, uh, trans rights, uh, advocacy, uh, all that kind of stuff. But uh, recently, I've been really, really focusing on uh, well, the sexual, the, the my my uh, sexuality and um, discovering more about uh, myself. So here I am. All right, so I mean, this this episode is going to be very exciting. So to all our viewers who have questions, who are watching this live, uh, just comment them down below, and we will do our best to answer your questions. So how about this? Uh, why don't we uh, break the ice and start out with what are your kinks or fetishes? So let's start <laughs> out with so these prefer. Um, okay. So let's um, so it's kind of like this. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure if you guys have like multiple or whatever, right? But if you have like more than five, just do it like your top two. So, okay. Yeah. I cannot so, stop with two. <laughs> there's so much. Just I know, but I mean, just go for two first because okay, so I go test the waters first because what if we just go off air out of nowhere if we do it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so the least that you. For me, it first is bondage, as always, any kind of bondage. And then the second one is orgasm control. Because it has so many things under it, so orgasm control. Okay. I have so many questions. What the hell is <laughs> orgasm control? <laughs> like, what? what does it sound like to you? Orgasm and like, control. So it's me no, controlling no, no, someone's like, orgasm. No, so like when the person's about to orgasm, you stop like that, or I tell them, I tell them when to do it, when to not do it, when to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, having the control over no, you know like this. what? And people enjoy this. I mean, obviously, yeah. if you're the one controlling, obviously, but I mean, like the ones being controlled, they're like, yeah, like. Okay, like they get addicted to it okay. actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, okay, let's just go to Coco already. Yeah, how about you, Coco? I, I'm already 
I wish I, I it's a good okay. Before we start, <laughs> I'm so happy that I have a bottle of okay, maybe around one fourth of a bottle of rum here. Then I have a bottle of gin over here. So, you know, I'm really ready for this episode. So, Coco, please go ahead. Well, I um, drink the whole my, thing, we don't get cancelled. My top two biggest kings are Femdom and Fendom. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be, you know, like 100% honest here. I am a very dominant person. So, basically, domination is like my thing. Uh, so, Femdom, you know, as a as a as a dominatrix myself, I just like having the control, like um, being being in charge basically of like what's gonna happen. And uh, fandom, well, you know, it's all about the money, money, money. So yeah, raining money—that's basically it. <laughs> okay, so money turns me on. Basically, it's, um, it's how I would put it: money turns me on. Okay. So I was wondering, um, because you know, um, part of this episode is talking about like modern day kings, right? So um, I'm not really sure if you guys have done research or whatever, but would you know, like, let's say, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, or 40 years ago, if this whole dungeon thing, uh, bondage thing, uh, orgasm control thing, like, if it was done in the past, or is this something that's more like new for thousands and, and such? Um, well, what I would say, uh, Paolo, is that um, historically, historically uh, the, the, the role of women in sexual uh, intercourse is um, just to provide or just, to, just to, to, to bring babies to this world, you know. And if you do these things, kinks, if you have fetishes as a woman, desires as a woman, it can be seen as something na parang a selfish act. Na parang it's women are not supposed to have like pleasure in sex and uh basically just conform to their role to the society which is in yeah to bring just to bring uh newborns to this world that was their only role so i would say na parang from that period of time um the development of of kings of of fetishes and and you know all of these uh pleasurable things are seen as or came with empowerment with women empowerment because really before they did not have uh that kind of uh what do you call it? like set up it was always you know parang the what we know as the vanilla sex now na. the man should be like in uh uh should be in top the woman should be in bottom it's kind of like that and um in addition to that um literally every day something parang Mas maraming na discover pa na, na na things and pleasurable uh, pleasurable activities among women. So, um, if it's according to me, I would say all in all na uh, kings and fetishes are just emerging and um, making women more power more powerful right now. Okay. Does that so? Yeah, I kind of. Does no, so I'm just wondering, uh, for Nudista and Coco, since you guys do similar things, not exactly the same, but quite similar, what would be the age group of your, um, you know, your partners or your clients or whatever you call them? Like, for you, Nudista, like, what's the age bracket? Like, is it 25 to 40 or 30 to 50 or yeah, 25 up, 
There is no... Oh, that's okay. Well, I feel like... Yeah, I think I, I think it's a good question. Like how old is the oldest person you've, you've, you know? 50 plus? I think he's almost 60. I don't know. I love, I love age play. Mm, I love older people. And Same. then they love me because I'm 26. And then they're like, <laughs> <laughs> we love the same things. It's not surprising. Okay, how about you, um, Coco? Um, my my youngest client was twenty one. I think that's okay. also like the legal, uh, the legal, uh, foundation. Tapos the so oldest. Isn't like the legal? Huh? Isn't eighteen what? like the? Isn't eighteen like the the youngest? I mean, for for stuff like that. I mean, isn't eighteen the legal age? Um, it really depends, though. Oh, I feel like when you're eighteen, you're just starting out. You don't know what you don't you, you don't know yet. anything. Oh, oh. So and, yeah. I have reservations, talaga. Oh, kapag mm. 18, 19, ganyan. Because sometimes, oh, also most of them don't have the money to pay. So Girl? usually, I go for the elder clients. Older clients. Okay, so um, your your youngest is twenty one. Your oldest mm. is how old? Um, seventy. Yeah, seventy ish. So I'm just wondering now. Okay, so for for Nudista, fifty plus, that's not that old, but seventy is kind of old, man. I mean, that's like you were born in nineteen fifty, if my, my my math is right, right? Yeah, something like that. So um. Nadista, in your opinion, and we'll obviously go to Coco after. Mm. Uh, why do you think people at like the age of 70 are like, hey, you know, um, dominatrix me or something? I mean, like, why is it that at that age they're like, you know? Uh, they're exploring? Um, yeah, are they exploring? Or, I mean, I'm sorry, I, I'm not really sure how to phrase the question, but or, I think um, I have an idea. It, it's not necessarily the 70 year old part but i feel like people who are older weren't really exposed to the kinds of kinks or fetishes or activities that we were able to engage in so for them to actually find a person who who does it like even in an ordinary conversation like lots of people i meet who are older than me are people who who don't know anything so when they when i meet them and then i say hey i'm into bondage i do this for a living i take my clothes off and then they're like what what are you doing what's that what what does it mean <laughs> that's where conversation starts and then when the conversation gets going then they realize hey i wasn't living my life in the 20s and my 30s mm -hmm. and my 40s so maybe can i explore that with you can i get into that now that i'm I'm at this age here and I don't know if I can get hard anymore. So it's more of like a conversation of, okay, this is what BDSM is. It's not always about getting hard, but there are so many things that one can enjoy that is not physical based or it's not sex based because a lot of the times people that age don't really, you know, get hard anymore or it's very difficult. So what you, what you prime them or what you tell them is that it's all about the mind. It's all about sensations and it's all about how we can use your likes, your dislikes to create a scene for you. Like if you're a beginner, then maybe we can do this first so that you, you can get to see if you like it or not. 
that's that seems to be the conversation. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. How about you, Kovo? So you, since you worked with this seventy-year-old, uh, did you ever ask um, him or her, like, um, why are you into this, or, or why are you um, willing to explore, or or something like that? Um, yeah, like I said, because uh, historically we didn't have, or there were not a lot of uh, women doing this kind of thing, so it was impossible for like uh, those men to, you know, like explore. At least to me, uh, their submissive side, because they were ano nga, like socialized to be like the alpha males, you know, to be to be like the dominant ones, people in control. So when they find out that there are uh, people or girls like us exist, who you know like can assert dominance in the bed, uh, and it's not only you know like the 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 the, the sexual gratification part of it, uh, but more so the psychological you know like play. That comes with doing uh, BDSM or or uh, femme domination. So that's that's I think the 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 reason why they get into this in you know such a later time of their life. And yeah, parang it's so hard to find then uh, you know uh, women who do this and who are open about it. And uh, yeah, I cannot really explain more uh, better than that. <laughs> Mm-mm. So, Can I ask um, Paolo? Yeah, go ahead, Ludisa. Yeah. So, from my experience, like, not really a question, but more of like mm-hmm. an added thing. Um, based on my experience, a lots of men who, I mean, lots of women who are out there attract men who are very curious. They're like, hey, I haven't found a woman who's very dominant or who's very out there about who she is or what mm-hmm. she wants. And that is kind of a turn on because it's not usual. It's not, it's not every day you find a woman who's like, hey, I'm into this in the bedroom. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna tie you up and then sit on your face after. And for that to be a conversation starter or maybe something that gets into the conversation after a while, you then realize that, hey, there's a market for this. There is something new, something exciting that people would want to explore. So that's also one of the factors why, like, even older people, sometimes even younger men, who are exposed to, you know, the um, macho concept, get get to enjoy or get to like the idea of women in power. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. I'm now. Um, so you know, I, I read this, you know, a few articles, but. You know, I don't know if there's like you know solid proof or anything like that, right? But I do believe there's like a certain reason why um, each person has a particular king or fetish, right? Whether it's um, something psychological or if it's something that they experience and they like or whatever, right? But for you, um, Nadista, when did you realize that you like bondage? Okay, so do you want the backstory? <laughs> like um, the whole thing. Okay, so for me, I feel like it was just a gateway because a friend of mine introduced it to me. Like he was, he was very open. Like how I'm, how I am openly to my friend he was also. Like- so what he was doing was, hey, I'm into bondage. Do you want to try? And I was like, 
yeah sure why not <laughs> so basically that's what happened it's like it's something new i'm that kind of person who wants to try something for the first time and see if it's for me or not like i'm not gonna say no unless it's someone i find like you know mm-hmm. someone i don't trust so that's that's what happened but then after practicing i realized that i've been doing kinky stuff ever since i was young so one example would be candles like you know how people during November, you know, also say All Saints Day, people just light candles. And I'm one of those kids who just go near the candles and then stick their finger inside the wax. And then I'm like, ooh, or pouring it on my body. <laughs> like, it didn't occur to me. But it was a kink at that point because I was looking for it. I was looking for the warmth. I was looking for the feeling of it. So I didn't know that was kinky until I started playing with wax myself. And I was like, you know, thoughts come back. And I'm like, oh my God, when I was younger, I was always doing this to my body and then feeling it all after. So that, that, that became like a gateway. Maybe it's something innate in us. Like a lot of the things that we are or the behaviors that we exhibit is sometimes a part of us and we can't explain really where it came from. It can be genetics or it can be that lots of different factors come in. Like we don't know. So I don't know where it came from, but all I knew was that it felt good and I wanted to do it again and again. So can I just say, I just find it funny because, you know, as a kid, I would play with candles, but not like Nudista levels where I pour it on my body. So what I would do is because so my mom used to um like uh citronella candles, you know, for the you know to remove the mosquito, right? Yeah, the mosquito. Yeah. Then she'd say, Oh Paolo, just turn it off before dinner because she was so afraid that it would burn down the house. I'm thinking in the first place you put it on a metal table and we have tiles. <laughs> and the nearest wood thing is like twenty feet away, but fine. Then what I would do is I would stick my finger, then I'd be like, Oh, fingerprints. So I would <laughs> oh, so many fingerprints. So yeah, the, so mine is just more of I was like, ooh, it's fun. But then yeah, then for Nadis, that was more of a kink. Okay. So okay, so how about how about you, Coco? So you mentioned that you like being, you know, the the, the dominated. I'm sorry, the the dominatrix, yeah. So mm-hmm. when did you discover that you like being the the dominatrix, not the one being dominated, but the dominator, if that's a term? So yeah. The dumb, just the dumb, just the dumb. Okay. Um so mine is more psychological. Um so you know, like growing up queer, I'm not sure if I've already um told you some details about it, but you know, like growing up queer, uh you know how society suppresses people like me, you know, like basically um rating me as or rating the LGBT community as you know something lower than or something um yeah, yeah, that's the term. Yeah. Something lower than you know, like the cis people, and uh, I was always uh, I have I have been um, bullied, big uh, on as a kid because of me because because I'm being me, and um, I feel like these little events uh, that I got I got suppressed I got um, uh, well let's say dominated. Um, it kind of had this effect uh, on me na parang made me think, what if I fight back? What if um, I'm the one in control? Or what if I'm the one on top? And that that sense of thought translated 
to the back to, to you know to, to to my like uh sexual traits and i've tried i've tried it with a partner um and it felt really good it felt it felt uh it it made me feel powerful it made me feel like super strong that uh somehow it made me feel not weak like people mm -hmm. can bully or pick me or you know and then it just it just grew <laughs> and now it's become you know this un uncontrollable part of me and i'm always hungry for like power in bed uh I've, i always i now always want to be in control when i'm having sex with someone so yeah i guess to me it's more psychological mm -hmm. so, so so i'm wondering now let's say you never had that experience about being like always um suppressed or oppressed or you know whatever the right yeah. word. do you think that you wouldn't have this fetish then um i don't know i feel like nadista is right when she said na um our kings are innate to us um but then again these experiences kasi make us who we are eh. and mm -hmm. if i was not bullied in the past um i might not be you know dominated today but for sure because i'm a very horny person i would have discovered my king one way or another that's true. Actually, I can relate with Coco because I came from an abusive family. So when you come from an abusive fa family, it feels like your power is taken away. Oh, like in that certain way, you're like you cannot speak. Your opinion doesn't matter, and then it it translates to different things. Like, where is the best way for me to take control in my life? I think it's more of a balance in 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 life and mm. i think that's why powerful people subject themselves to being submissive exactly. because to balance themselves like you cannot be all dominant again and again and again and again mm -hmm. you have to find places or things to do in order to feel submissive in some way and i feel like it's also in work wherein i'm i'm in a corporate job and i'm like mm -hmm. being told what to do and i'm like hmm. I want to be the boss in some way. Oh, <laughs> so oh, the, best way, the best way for me is to to find people or when people find me, have a conversation and then we can start playing to see, to take away that energy or express that energy. So I can relate so much with Coco with that. Oh, and conversely, Pao, like um, my clients go who are mostly uh, submissive, right? Uh, they're usually men in power you know so these are men that are expected to like make the decisions in their you know like household uh, manage people thousands of employees you know like head the company so like these men are also parang uh, they, they look for for an avenue to channel their submissive side basically because you know how society expects so much of a man. If you're a man, you should be like this. You should be like mm -hmm. macho and all that. Somehow it can get to you. It can be suffocating. And being submissive in bed can, you know, can be like a breather for you. So I think that's why, you know, there are men who are like submissive. So it's again really not just the sexual like uh, gratification part of the sex, but 
like I said, it, uh, the mental and psychological factors are also like a big thing mm-hmm. in doing it. Okay, so um, before we continue on to our viewers, if you have any questions for Coco and Nadisa, just comment them down below while I'm calculating our chance of getting canceled uh, from some <laughs> of the things that Coco mentioned. I'm so, so sorry. No, 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 it's fine. That's the point of the episode. So I'm going to like go straight to this question, Coco. What is the weirdest shit you've ever had to do? Shit talaga. I'm so funny that you mentioned shit. Because my, oh, no. my thing I have to do something. Scat <laughs> Um. So. Oh, boy. I just walked out pala, no? I don't think they're can, ready for this. Not. Pero you know, like Nadisa, you can just host from now on. I'm just gonna leave. No, go ahead, go ahead, Coco. Yeah. I mean, I'll be okay. Bye. <laughs> I mean, I've only page, done it once. An email from Facebook I've, thing. I've only okay, done it once. Been banned. <laughs> okay, yeah, go go ahead, Coco. Yeah. Okay, well, before I, I I tell the story, um, I would just I just like to say na because na that na na before I do something or before i say something like oh i want that or oh i do not want that i try just the thing first mona you know that's like my general rule of thumb so um so i can be sure whether i really like it or not i would at least try it once so mm. yeah going back uh the the weirdest shit that i've had or i've done to a man before uh was actually just this year mga march this year um he he ate my shit. <laughs> Paolo. I mean, I've heard so many stories around that, so it's not surprising. But it's not surprising for Paolo.exe stopped functioning right now. So anyway, how was the feeling or emotions and how how did it go for you? Um, Because we matched on a dating app. Yeah, in my, as always. In my dating app, because I I I, uh, I always keep it up from hundred percent. Na parang I'm very I'm a very kinky person. Ganyan, ganyan. And then this guy matched with me and told me, "Na okay, you're a kinky person. Try this." And then he told me what uh, his kinks were. So he told me like water sports, you know, all that stuff. And then he also told me about like being completely uh, or being turned on with being treated really really badly you know there how mm-hmm. some guys could be like that humiliation humiliation uh yeah. yeah and then uh we get uh one 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 day he just messaged me out of nowhere uh saying parang how would you feel if i told you i wanna eat your shit i'm like oh what shit what do you mean my shit and he was like uh like your shit literally your shit and I was like, um, okay, I don't know what to feel about that yet, but we can find out. Let's find out. And that mm-hmm. was it. So when I got to his place, he parang made latag this like plastic cover. And uh, I shot in front of him. And then the next thing I know, he was literally like, you know, on all fours. Yes. Oh, like, like that, just like that. So you're you're mind blown during that time. You're like, 
Oh yes, of course. First of all, it was hard for me because it's psychologically. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 uncomfortable for me to you know like shit in front of somebody, let alone see someone, you eat know, or watch someone eat it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it was very uh, uncomfortable. Um, but siguro you know like if there's money involved, I would do it again. I guess because I've already done it. You know. Yeah, so. I think I think when it comes to stuff like that, like water sports. So water sports is fist play, for those who don't know, and then scat play is poop. So okay. for those who actually give that, like I haven't done both fist play and scat play, but I feel like with the right person, with the right headspace, with uh -huh. the right person, like with the right scene at the right moment. I uh -huh. might get into it. So it 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 takes a lot of mental preparation Actually, to get yeah. into that. Because like what Coco said, she 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 was literally like, what the fuck is this? So there are times wherein as a dom, you would have to look into yourself and say, Is this my limit? Is this yeah. something I can exactly. do? Is it is it something comfortable for me to actually do so you're so brave coco to actually do it like i've had people come to me for that i mean piss play is piss play i can do that easily so you've done golden showers before no 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 not yet no, no, like no, I, I can picture myself doing it with someone it's just that um, it has to be the right moment the uh -huh. right space like if i'm really really like in the dom space so dom space is that headspace you get when you're playing and you you feel the power surge through you that's what it feels like and i feel like when i'm at that point i'm like i don't fucking care i'm just going to go to the bathroom come with me you're gonna do this so oh, yeah. it really takes a lot of conviction on the part of the dom because we know we know that the sub is more than willing to actually do it they love it they love the idea they love you know doing uh -huh. it maybe they've done it with someone else but it really takes commitment <laughs> and trust and oh, like serious and because also to add like the mental image stays eh, you know so yeah you're like <laughs> <laughs> So right now, every time I see a plastic, uh, whenever I see a plastic cover, I do this. But oh my god, uh, it's yeah, yeah, it's like the memories. So, um, I feel like consent and limits are really something that you have to discover for yourself, you know. And um, yeah, consent is very important. So even <laughs> as a dom, even as a dom, doms should have their limits too, you know. Yes, but again, like what I said, um, ako my personal general rule of thumb, uh, rule of thumb is uh, at least try everything once. Exactly, yeah. I would do it once, just once. Just once. Okay, okay. If it, I have like a million questions, so uh, collect yourself. And I, hope you're, and I hope you're okay answering these questions, Coco. First question is, um. Did he eat it with hands or did he have at least have utensils? Huh? Did he eat it with hands or did oh, he, he use any utensils? Oh, utensil. he was in all fours because uh, the, the so it was just was, his mouth, basically. It was just his mouth. He was on all fours. We were uh, role playing as a dog and a master. Ah, oh, okay. Um, so it was a pet play. 
yeah, that's right. Uh, so I I guess the headspace is different it's because it's there. Yeah. Oh. And there was like a lot of prep. Nagsamgip salmona ako before. Oh, which leads me to my second question. Did you at least have corn or something before you did it? Or <laughs> is it really a no? Is it really But I ate a lot. I ate a lot before. No, 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 like, no. But did you have corn? Because I would think that would help you like unleash it faster, right? I, I had I had a lot of meat. I had I had some some gifts. So I really had a lot to share. Because I was afraid. Because if I do it and you know like um I don't I didn't like have anything I might not um shit a lot so to speak so I had to prepare for it so there's preparation then pow it's not easy you know yeah I no it's not easy so I have questions of my own I wish I wish the sub was here and be like what oh was happening God. in your mind he would have he would have loved it but you know like he would be like it's very happy or something yeah yeah okay, okay so yeah oh well um, okay. that's for another episode i have two more questions before you know nudista can ask hers um third question was it like solid or was it a bit liquid <laughs> it, it does matter okay wait it does matter because Jesus fucking Christ, it was fucking liquid. What the fuck? <laughs> you can say I no just, to answering no, just, it, you know. I just, I know. Well, it's not super liquid -y. I can confirm that. It's not liquid. <laughs> Okay, but it's, last question. it's not that hard either. And I remember seeing some raisins. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some flavor. <laughs> last question. And Jesus Christ. I, I don't know if I want to know the answer to this, but let's just go for it. Did he finish it? It was messy. Um, no, he didn't. Oh, he didn't. Okay, while my, while my brain is still trying to fathom what the fuck just happened right now, but yeah. Mm. Okay, so Boko, what made you do it? Like, what was the last push for you to actually do scatly? Push. In my defense, he really paid a lot. Like I said, money turns no, money. We're not judging you at all. Uh. Like, no judgment whatsoever. Mm. It's just more of a yeah, nice no, You can judge so... me. I'm not ashamed of it. No, yeah. <laughs> it's just more of, I just, I just can't fathom how someone would want to do that. But yeah, go ahead, Ludisa. Like, you're saying that how, what was going through her head, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, second, my part, because like, he pays me really well. Like, whatever I do, whatever like play I do with him, he pays me so much. So, um yeah i feel like that was the ano, the 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 deciding factor because if i wasn't paid i wouldn't have done that honestly mm -hmm. so um yeah yun lang. <laughs> Madali naman ako kausap, you know <laughs> just bring the, the the money in i'm i'm, I'm so down 
So how do you prepare for it, like mentally? Like aside what was your preparation? Yeah, yeah except uh, that aside. <laughs> um, like what was going through your head? Like you're already there, and you're like, what? How do I do this? Um, well, being or being that kind of scenario, it's not like naman. It's not like very instant naman eh. So so you work your 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 yourself, you and the other guy to you know achieve that level of comfortability muna. So we started like doing you know like less um horrifying things, less less, <laughs> less interesting stuff. Uh, less you know, so we would. You, we would uh, start with the pet play, you know, you know, like the petting and like feeding him. And who's the like, good boy? Who's the good boy? Kind of thing. So it's uh, that like, kind of thing. You're you that thing too. And then you know, like one thing led to another, and the next thing I know, I'm like ready, and I'm feeling like really, really um, ready. Yeah, shitty. Basically, <laughs> I didn't want to say that. <laughs> But I was feeling really, really shitty at that moment, and I was like, "Okay, you know what? Let's do it. I'm, I'm ready. Fuck it. I'm already here. You know. Pero yun nga, Again, it's not like it's not like as if I went to his place and then I, you know, started like pulling in the. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. it's not like that. You work yourself. You know, up to that. that mm -hmm. Okay, Paolo, you have so many questions on your face. I'm not going to ask for any more details because all I can say is like I hope you guys had your dinner already. <laughs> no, I did, don't worry. Uh and it wasn't, oh, it wasn't Nipa. Huh? Nipa. Okay. No, I'm okay. I'm I'm used to these kinds of talks. Like even Same. Yeah, so even if you were talking, I probably would be still eating. Yeah, I would eat some pizza right now, honestly. Well, like like me, I would still be able to eat Korean even after you said that. It's just more on um, at this moment. The shock factor. Yeah. So all I can say is in the future, like if we all meet up and we eat in like romantic baboy or something, I would I'll be like Coco. There's something like you have something after this. Like you gotta you gotta dump something really big after this. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Okay, I'll take note of that. <laughs> like, what's like, okay, so, okay, so for Coco, it was more on, sorry, what do you call it? Scatterplay? Uh, Scatterplay. Scatterplay, okay. Um, so let's pause with Coco and let's go to Nidista. Um, craziest, craziest thing you had to, you had to do. Uh, I feel like I've said so many crazy things on this show. You, like you that have. That crazy. So how about mean. something that you haven't? I love crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's just that crazy is relative to us. Like sometimes it's mm. not crazy anymore. Like when you say scat play, it's like, uh -huh. okay, yeah, I get that. Uh huh. Yeah, but how about crazy for like a regular person who wouldn't really know these things? Well, I think one crazy thing is having someone mummified and then you just sit on their face for a long time. No, 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 no. So mummification is like having someone bound in some ways. So in mummification, what you usually use is cling wrap and then duct tape. Sometimes it's just cling wrap is good. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people use medical um gauze mm -hmm. to tie someone up. So it it 
it's based on what you have and the comfortability of the person you're with. So one of the one of my play partners or people I play with, I tend to he wants to be mummified or wants to not be able to move. So sometimes what I do is just like tie him up or mummify him. And then sometimes I just watch Netflix while I sit on his face. So the sitting of the face is mostly breath play. So it's the, you know how when you're getting choked or not being able to breathe, you feel some sort of adrenaline. That's what he's after. So it, the sensations of not being able to move plus the sensation of taking their breath away literally. So that's what they like. And because I'm a dog who's like, I want high, um, low effort, high, high like return, high results or high impact. So while he's he's in that kind of state, I just sit on his face in leather. He likes leather, so it's not sexual at all. Like it's just mm -hmm. me being in leather. And then I'm just watching Netflix. So I just sit on his face. Like the last time was I was watching Trece. So I was sitting on his face and then just watching. And then after a while he starts like trying to move and then I just, you know, sit up a little and then have him breathe and then sit down again. So it was a routine. So I guess that took like, I guess an hour. <laughs> an hour doing that. Uh, like three hour, um, three episodes worth. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, episode like three one, hours, give, give or take, yeah. Episode three. <laughs> and then I was like, are you okay? He's like, yes, I want more. Okay, so you can last longer, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's it's pretty, not really crazy. Not as crazy, crazy. It's, but it, the idea is very crazy. Like, uh -oh. and then you're breath you're literally taking someone's breath away mm -hmm. so it's a scary idea it's more scary than crazy i guess so i'm just wondering did you ever have to sit on someone's face like completely nude or is it always your yeah face? sometimes i do you know um there this guy is also someone who's into humiliation play so he likes licking ass mm -hmm. like it's a little bit of the idea of scat play like mm -hmm. eating someone's ass like you don't know if they sh um, took a shit already and you don't know if they're cleaning well but for me i like cleaning myself well because the psychological aspect of it is just like, like psyching someone up like okay mm -hmm. i'm gonna sit on your face you have to do this for me blah 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 so sometimes i do it in the nude too like for humiliation play purposes but it's fun. Like for me, there's this thing wherein the sub wants to make me orgasm. But sometimes, even if I don't orgasm, the headspace uh, is yeah. better. It's like I don't need to come in order for me to enjoy the shit. So I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not the Wait, shit. Question. Um so go, go. um well obviously I love, 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 love a uh, breath play too. I do that a lot. Um but I just want to know if you've ever had to use safe word, your safe word, when you do breath play. Has safe it ever been to that point? Okay, wait lang, no. I cannot take this anymore. I, you know. Um, no, not yet. Not yet. Ano pa? Ano pa? Not yet. But I guess for me, I haven't said my safe word. But whenever I feel like someone's, it's becoming too much. Mm -hmm. I say, okay, we're done. We're done. 
Like oh, it's not okay. a safe word. I mean, I know the only times I would say word if is if like I'm not in control anymore. Like not I'm not I'm too much in the dom space. Uh-huh. To yeah, actually I, like, hey, I need I need to take a break. I need I need mm-hmm. you to to snap me out of this. <laughs> like I mean, like, I haven't been to that point because I'm really conscious of what if I push too much. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So as a dom, like it's our responsibility to say enough is enough. So I, mm-hmm. I can always say like, okay, I'm done for today. So that's yeah, one. Thing I agree. Do that. like, I, agree. I think. I'm done today. I'm tired. We can yeah. do that. So we so, can do that. Instead of saying your safe word, you can always say, okay, I think you've had enough. It's been mm-hmm. a long day. You're, you have had this experience today. And I feel like if I push you now, it would be dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I would like to have another session so that, I mean, now at least I have a gauge of what you can do. Maybe uh-huh. next time I can push you more. So it's mm-hmm. like, Maybe it's a goal thing. Like, okay, let's build it up. So uh-huh. we can do that. Yeah. So that you don't really reach that point wherein you say your safe word. Mm. That's, that's how I practice. Like, okay, if I feel like it's being too much for me, too much for that person, okay, I'll stop the scene. Like, it's fine. It's yeah, okay. no, it's just good, you know, like as a dumb person, um, we have to be responsible and accountable, you know, like literally for the shit that we do, you know. So, yeah. People don't actually realize that being dumb means taking care of two people, yeah, literally. Yeah. Like, you have the other person's life in your mm, hands yes. while also taking care of yourself. And a lot of the times, people think that, oh, you know, the sub is, like, um, yeah. like he gets everything. But then you realize, no, it's actually the dumb who does all the work, mm-hmm. all the thinking, all the, the preparations. Just oh, and it's hard to say... Ako, I highly believe na parang if before you become you know like a good dom, you have to work your you you have to work your way up. You know you have to start and experience being a sub yourself. You know so you learn about like empathy. You, you learn about the limits, the, the 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 importance of consent, and only by learning these concepts would you be able to be like a really powerful dom. You know you have to master these concepts as well. And be able to like put yourself in your partner's shoe, so mm-hmm. to speak. So yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that uh, you 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 said that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Thanks for also, yeah. No problem. I think one thing also is that I realize when subs are like coming to a dom, they're like, "Let's do it now. Let's do it hardcore. Let's do it like this." But uh-huh. Then you're like, "Wait, let's take our time." Uh-huh. Being in a dynamic is a being in a commitment. It's a uh-huh. relationship. Relationship. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And uh-huh. a lot of people don't want to take that time, especially men, because of course, I mean, I'm not generalizing all men. It's just mm-hmm. that I've noticed that because they are driven by their hormones, by their sex drive, by their dicks, they're usually in it for just to get off. So I mm-hmm. really value subs who go for it because, hey, I've, I love the the mental play aspect of it. I don't really need to orgasm, but it can be part of the play. Like, I really want to serve you. Your desires make me happy. And those are the subs that I like to play with because I'm like, I don't have to have sex with you. 
there mm-hmm. is no pressure to have sex with you. That's the most beautiful thing. I don't like being pressured to do anything just because this person wants it. Like they expect it. Like lots of subs actually expect you to have sex with them. And mm-hmm. for me, like and that's not a requirement. If I want to do BDSM, it's because of the headspace that I get from it. So mm-hmm. you have to really take the time to vet, like to interview them. It's like a business yeah, transaction. Yeah. Oh. Hey, what can you do? What this is what I can offer. Would you mm-hmm. take it? If you don't, it's fine. You can have you can search another dom for it. But a lot of the times that's that's the struggle of finding really good subs. Like mm-hmm. they're just in it for the wanking and the orgasm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just wondering now. Um sorry, Coco, you mentioned you've been doing this for three years, right? Two two years, two years. Two years. Um these how many years have you been doing this? The femdom or the or kink in general? In in general. Oh, four years. So my question is to to both of you, like would you say that it's gone a bit more wild now as compared to for these the four years two years ago? Oh, yes. Wilder is it wilder or is it higher intensity? Both. Okay, so yeah, I guess at this point it's like really high intensity. Like I want it to be like, like there. This is my style. Obviously, oh, because it's oh, it's not like I I woke up one day and discovered oh, I like getting my shit in. You know, it's not like that. Uh, it's uh, no, it's it's building up. It's a it's a process. And I started, you know, like with like verbal abuse, um, verbal humiliation, and then it went more practical. So it wasn't like a one-time, big-time thing. It. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was a development. Now, okay, I discovered this and that, and then I'll try this next time. I'll try this uh, stuff until, and I'm still continuously doing it. Like if there's something that interests me, I would like find someone who might be into that, and you know, just play around. Mm-hmm. That's also why it's called play. <laughs> you know, it's adult playtime. It's mm-hmm. like it, you know, somebody said that BDSM is like how adults play. It's it's just a nice way to put it because when we were children, we were all like imagining all of these things. Like we were pretending to be Mm. cops and robbers and then we do things. And then now that we're adults, we forget to play. And this is the time where we actually can do it. Wherein we can't yeah, the the at the same time. So it's really like exciting and yeah. So um, okay, sorry, because, you know, uh, for, for this episode, uh, I did my best to really prepare uh, because, you know, as Nadisa knows, with our four-hour episode, I think I probably spoke for like 30 minutes at most because I was too um, surprised. Then her succeeding episodes, it was maybe like 35 minutes, 40, etc. Uh, so I really did my best to prepare. But then, you know, when when, you know, shit hits the fan, you know, I'm still kind of, yeah. So I'm, I'm just wondering, Coco, like, uh, so, you know, the, the whole pooping thing was your, your wildest thing. Uh, has there any, has there, you know, has there been anyone who messaged you and said, hey, can we do something that's even wilder than that? 
Well, first of all, Pao, I don't go around tell people, oh, I've done Scott play with that person. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, but just so more were, like, so you know, like randomly. Because I because you mentioned that you you, you do this online or you meet people uh-huh. online, right? And I'm sure, you know, obviously you don't really kiss and tell. It's just more on, has anyone approached you and say, hey, um, I want to do this. Then you realize, oh, shoot, that's more wild than this uh, scat play thing I've done. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you mentioned it. It's uh-huh. just that by chance. Ah, uh, um, I when I advertise my services online, so I have a list of the things that I already like, so they can like choose from there and see if that is right up in their alley, and then I just leave a parang parang uh, quotation or like a message. Like if if your king is not in the list. Just message me. Let me know if that's something that I can work with. Uh, we can try. Um, so I've definitely uh, received messages that are wilder, if not equally wild, as like the whole scat play thing. Like, you know, uh, with uh, knife play, uh, blood play, all that stuff. Um, I haven't said yes to these requests first because it takes a lot of research and I'm afraid to accidentally kill a person. Yeah. So I'm very reluctant, but at the same time, I'm intrigued. And like I said, if there's the right money involved and the consent and we've talked through it and, uh, you know, all the whole process, I might I might try. I might say yes. I wouldn't, like, flatly say no and stuff like that. Again, general rule of thumb, try everything once. Yeah, so I'm wondering now, um, when did you decide that, hey, I, I want to do this as like a part-time thing in terms of your whole Dom, King, uh, stuff? Uh, so, uh, two years ago, I was renting my own place in QC, kasi. and then, um, I don't know, it, there was just something about like, you know, the whole sugar daddy thing, like men giving me money, you know. Um, there, there's something in that uh, dynamic that's uh, really interesting for me. Um, and then, and so I thought, maybe I should uh, incorporate sex in this. So I started inviting, you know, subs in uh, my condo and, you know, doing the session there. But when the pandemic hit, I was forced to close down the dungeon, my condo, a.k.a and uh, do everything online. So that's how it kind of, like, it's what happened. How about you, um, Nadista? What? Anything specific? No, like, <laughs> um, when did you decide that, hey, I, I want to do this as, like, a part-time thing or something that I do after work? Actually, it's just, for me, it's for fun. Like, if someone oh, wants to pay me, yeah. sure. <laughs> like oh, um, I, I don't really need to sustain myself with this. Like for mm-hmm. me, if it's something fun, I want if if someone wants to pay me, pay me because you enjoyed the experience. What mm-hmm. is it worth for you? Because I feel well for me, I'm I'm someone who's like okay, I want to do this because it seems fun. I know that my with my skill set, I'll be able to teach him anything. So what I when when I'm in a session, some I mostly teach too. Like okay, I'm in a session with you. You're a new sub or new someone who's new into bondage. So what can I do? I'll teach you all of these things, and then let this be your 
basis, your foundation of what good sessions are. Like if 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 you have other sessions with people, know that you can have sessions without the need to have sex. Know that there is there are doms or dominant stops who would be able to um, respect your boundaries. Know um, who know about consent and stuff. So I, I it's mostly like education. Like for me, it's like oh, I, I learned something new for for myself right now. Oh. And then, Person. So most of the time, the people I play with are friends, and some people are like, "Hey, I want to support you just because I'm I, I really like you and I want to just let you know that I love what you're doing. Here's a gift. Here's something because uh, what I'm giving is of value to them. Mm-hmm. And people now are like, "Hey, I want to pay you. Hey, I want to have a session with you." And for me, at this point, it's like, okay. If I'm going to get paid, I'm going to get paid the amount that I know my skills are worth mm-hmm. because I'm unique. And then what I do is people don't really know, but during the pandemic or during the start of the year, last year, I was investing like 20, 30,000 pesos on courses, on rope and other stuff just because I want to get better. I want that when I offer my skills or when I do start opening up my place or or things it's because i have the skills to say that hey i'm my skills are like this yes i have people who have experienced this with me but the thing is i want to have a relationship not really like like um, yeah. boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, but it's more of like a sustaining relationship. Like if you're gonna go through this journey with me, you have to commit to it as mm-hmm. as much as I am. True. Because it's your life. Like if we, if I start, you, I mean, if you start doing kinky things, I have to warn you that if I open the floodgates to kink, you will not be the same again. You will not find vanilla sex the same again. You will find you will have a hard time finding women who have the same caliber of skills that I do. So it's just like, are you willing to commit to that? Are you willing to take the time to get to know me? Because I'll be willing to take the time to get to know you. So I guess it's not it's not money I'm after. It's more of like I I want to get to know you as a person because this is a journey. And if you think the journey is worth it, then I'll invest in the journey as well. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Okay, uh, before we continue, we do have a comment for Coco. It's not a question, but uh, someone says, L-L-Y-Y, Mama Coco. I have no idea what L-L-Y-Y means. But... I, that means I love you. That's Norielle. She's one of the girls from the uh, Miss Trans Global pageant. L-L-Y-Y. I-L-Y-Y. Oh. I love you. Okay. So yeah, thanks Noriel for loving Coco. Uh, I can I just say, um, you know, when when I heard of Coco because of Rika and stuff, the first Coco that came to my head is Mama Coco from Coco the movie. Yeah, you know, I get called that a lot, even by myself. They call me Mama. <laughs> oh, <laughs> People call me Mommy, even my oh, friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're like Mommy Daddy, and I'm like, yes, as a dog too. People call me Mommy. But mine is more like because of the Disney animated film. So I thought of someone very, very... Um, it's far from Disney. Quiet, very... It's kinky Disney. Very... No, not chaotic evil. Not chaotic evil. <laughs> I would eat us for breakfast, Charon. 
natural. <laughs> I mean, I would rather have my ass eaten for breakfast. Eaten. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Paolo okay. So, um, yeah, Noriel, if you have other, um, you know, if you want to ask Coco questions or maybe Nudista. So, so I'm wondering, Coco, so, you know, you, you mentioned all these wild things that you've done. Uh, and, you know, the thing with all of these kinks that I would want to, like, help, uh, what's the term for that? Like, because here's the thing, no? um, there's this notion uh, that a lot of men who like these kinks are usually foreign men. But I'm sure there are a lot of local men who also like the, these particular things, right? So, but then I'm just curious now, and it, it's not because I have an agenda or anything, but for mm-hmm. Nudist and Coco, um, you have a pie of 100% of all the, you know, people you do this stuff with. How many percent would you say are, um, you know, Filipino guys? And let's um, start with um, Nudista first. Mga 12.4. Specific. So, Nudista 0.4. And yours is what, Coco? Huh? What's your percentage what? of uh, local guys? Local guys, uh, siguro mga, mga, mga 10 to 15 percent. Well, I like this yeah, arrangement, like, like 10 to 15, parang minsan 13, minsan 12. Uh-oh, <laughs> okay. All right, and um, here's the question for you guys. No? Uh, why do you think Filipino men aren't very open to this in that in that aspect? And let's start with Coco this time. Um, number one, there's lack of expo- uh, exposure. Um, men here, as uh, they, they don't, they're not as um, adventurous like in bed as like other um, men in different cultures. Um, also, as dito like when you know like because of the political and um, religious influence, mm-hmm. I would say um, men are, ex- are are scared and even women then they're scared to 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 defy you know the norms that the norms that are are expected of them. So like the padito para ang turo sa atin in church is if you're a woman just submit to your to your husband and all that and you know years of those uh of those teachings led to this ano to 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 to, to this very low number of people who are afraid or or who are not uh let's say socially deviant or sexually deviant so i guess malaking factor yung yung culture natin as pinoys and plus, kasi dito, like, for example, when a, when a guy, like, plays with his ass or, you know, like, sticks a finger up his ass, it's, it can be seen as something like, like, a gay activity. So, they're really afraid to, like, you know, explore that region. Yeah, so, like, you mentioned that they're afraid to explore their their butt area and, and stuff like that um do you think there's like a cultural um you know aspect to it and oh I, exactly exactly thing. what i said it's it's our cultural it's our you know cultural uh bringing talaga na uh most pinoys are like really afraid to 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 be socially and sexually deviant so they don't explore they don't dabble in these things because they're like really scared and uh, they're really afraid of the judgment as well. Pinoys don't like being judged, you know. I mean, so, based on based on experience, I feel like we, uh, we Filipinos because of our 
um, up upbringing, I feel like even if we, we, we want to do those things, it's just that we can't. Because oh. we can't find partners or people to explore it with. That's the thing. Because yeah, there's judgment or the yeah, machismo mentality where it no, I don't stick th things inside my ass no. because I'm so submissive. I'm, I'm not a this. straight man. I don't, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, you, which, you know, for me, it's like this. No? Um, both Danny, uh, both Budista and Coco know this. I'm a very old school kind of person. And, you know, it's not really because I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a dude. So, you know, it's, it's not really like that. It's just more of, for me, I know what I want, and that's what I want, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not really because oh, I'm a dude, so you know it has to be that way. Like the the one thing I really, uh, and sorry, I, I just want to ask this question to to Coco, and maybe Nadisa could also answer this question. But there's something that I, while doing research for our for our episode before. Uh, Danny, that I was never really able to ask. Uh, something called pegging, which for the life of me, I cannot really understand. Okay. You cannot understand. It's science, actually. I feel like they don't, well, men generally don't really explore the pleasures of mm -hmm. anal sex. Mm -hmm. They don't, I mean, Think of it as when you're pooping, you know how good it feels. Uh -oh. Okay, So I guess Paula had to do something for a bit. So when it comes to anal play, a lot of men or even women are afraid yeah. to actually do it because there is this stigma that you don't stick things up your ass or uh -oh. you don't, you don't, there's no pleasure there. It just hurts. Or it, it's just the idea of, hey, this is very degrading and humiliating. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, people mostly focus on the humiliation and the degradation part of it. But when you're like exploring, generally asking yeah, yourself, cool. is there pleasure in my oh, ass? Like, is there is there something nice when when I try to explore it? And I feel like there's not a lot of conversations around actual um, exploration of pleasure because it's just pleasure. At, at, at the root of it, it's just pleasure. Like, you know how, how the best feelings in the world is going to the bathroom, like pooping, peeing, and eating, having uh -huh. sex. So when you think about it, when you like when you need to to do anal play, it's actually how good it feels to poop. It's kind of how it feels like when you try to explore it. It's just that the headspace is that I'm going to poop. Uh -oh. <laughs> there's something going to happen. Well, to be fair, huh? this is what I've noticed. Like most of the guys that I've talked with or had a conversation with about, you know, like anything anal, they would say in a part, no, I haven't tried that, or no, I don't like that, blah blah blah. And then <laughs> a few days later, I would my friends would come up to me and say, you know, I, I pegged this guy, blah, blah, blah. So, like, they've done it, but they just, they're just, like, very afraid about it. Yeah, yeah, and they don't talk about it, like, ever. And, you know, they just mask it as, like, as if, like, they've, they've never done it. So, um, I feel like that has to go, you know, like, be proud that you've done, that, 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 that you've done, uh, you know, sex. I mean, it's fun. It's yeah. pleasurable. It doesn't make you gay. Guys have, like, prostates up in their asses, so 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's actually very brave for someone to say that I'm into it because there is so much pleasure into it. Like the if it's, endings, there's science in there, pal. <laughs> as someone who gives and receives, I approve. <laughs> we love a pegging girl. We stand. <laughs> yeah, we stand pegging and receiving. Okay, what's your favorite toy? What's your favorite toy? Let's do this. When, when it comes to anal sex, anal no, like in general, what are so we're moving toys. past the kinky stuff and into the happy toys. <laughs> so actually, my favorite toy depends on what the function is. So I have three at this moment. So the okay. first one for vibration, it would be, it would be the magic one. Like the corded oh, one. Yeah, the one. Yeah. Yeah, the corded one. And then if I want to have a rabbit, because I'm I'm greedy when it comes to pleasure, I'm, I use the satisfier monoflex, like it's a rabbit. And then it's it's half controlled. So I'm like lying down and doing this. So and then one the the next one would be a clit sucker. It would be the satisfier pro two plus so it's like you know how women have uh -huh. so many toys so you can't really choose because it's a variety it's uh -huh. not just the vibrator but there are many functions to it and i feel mm -hmm. like for men it's not the same because you know but well, there there a lot of toys that are designed for the male audience yeah but it's mostly uh, well if they're not into anal it's very oh, limited. It's limited but if there is anal play involved there are lots of anal a lot. uh -huh. <laughs> what's yours <laughs> oh uh toys i use for myself or for my partner <laughs> okay um uh i like uh nipple clamps um, you, you know what I do if I don't have nipple clamps? One tip is to have chopsticks. Like, you know, chopsticks? So this is me giving tips to people who want to do things without the budget. So when you eat Japanese food or anything that uses chopsticks, <laughs> have chopsticks that are glued together because it's easier for you to just pry it open a little and then place it on the nipple. So one other example is if you have two individual chopsticks, have rubber bands so that you can just, yeah, it, it it together it. and then use the rubber bands on the ends. Mm -hmm. That's basically a nipple clamp and then you can pull it. Yeah, clamps are so little, you know, like I always forget them, you know, there's Yes. Um, yeah, you definitely try that. No, and I'm, I'm someone who is very kinky, so whenever I see something, I can pervert it. So, well, so you know, like, it's still. Some of the if you guys are still there, come, please invest in high quality toys. Don't just you know like use daily you know uh, what do you call items for sexual mm -hmm. pleasure. There, are products that are designed to like sexually stimulate us. It's gonna blow your mind. I'm not. It's. It's. I'm not kidding. Like, you're never. You. It will bring you, it, um, sensations like you've never felt before. Honestly, like the first time I used a prostate massager, I was like, oh shit, I'm a toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I felt when I had my own my very first toy. I was like. Yeah, oh my god yes it was a rabbit it was like 
It can replace a man at this point. Actually, there was one time I, I someone said like I can replace your toy, and I was like, can your dick vibrate? <laughs> no, yeah, because the, the motion is like very different, and you can adjust the pressure, you know, the intensity. So I don't know if you girls or listen if you guys are still there. Just 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 go and try it for yourself. You're gonna thank us later. I, I have a code. Wow. <laughs> and you can start with like non-intimidating, you know, like beginner toys mo na just parang uh, mga butt plugs, you know, stuff like that. Work your way up. Hindi <laughs> ba yun intimidating? Why? <laughs> butt plugs are non-intimidating kaya. I mean, compared to like a full-size dildo, you know. Yeah. Go yeah. big or go home. <laughs> but seriously yes um what i'm doing is like i teach people how to use everyday items for kinky purposes but the thing there is there is a caveat we're in do it with this um i mean it's your decision to use it like i'm teaching you ways to use it it's just that there is safety in mind whenever you use those things because some as someone who has experience and has played with so many things, it's easier for me to tell these things. But I already say disclaimer: you can mm-hmm. do serious damage even even if with toys. Like um for me because I use bondage, disclaimer is it's fun, but I can damage someone's yeah. body. In everything, there is always um risk. So do take the time to research and know what you're doing before you actually do it or if you find if you need professionals to teach you you can always reach out to anyone you know who's kinky people actually couples reach out to me just to to learn how to do things and i'm more than willing to actually educate so i feel like if i'm gonna give my services it's like i'm gonna teach you how to do it like if you need tips, if you need someone to do it for you, I would be more than willing to be there to teach you or to be the one tying your significant other. Like that yeah. would be so awesome. And I've done that so many times. It's fun. Yeah, you know what? Um, with you saying that, I feel like it's the ano, it's one of like the biggest differences of like being a dominatrix, being a dumb girl versus being you know like a sex worker and not that i have anything against them you know i yeah. i dabbled myself in uh, some sex work and i'm proud of that um but because with like doing you know this whole bdsm thing uh it's not just the sex itself um there's a lot of uh concepts that go with it like building trust the communication mm-hmm. uh you know the the relationship building aspect of it which you cannot find with uh, or which are not present in basically um, doing it with the sex work. What people think what sex work is. Because uh-uh. sometimes parang that's the general misconception about doing BDSM. Parang, oh, okay, so you're so you're a sex worker. It's not it's it's very different. There's like a lot of differences. Like I said, um, there's this whole process preparation mentally and physical preparations before you get into that you know like uh get into the session itself i feel like what you're saying is that it's not very transactional because mm-hmm. what's happening in what current what people think about what sex work is sex work equals sex mm-hmm. that's just it 
and most of the time you're just paying to yes but but it's it's us right now debunking what bdsm is what goes beyond exactly. it because it's we're we're human and in order for us to give you the best pleasure that you want because we're actually serve like we're, we're in some way servicing them but at the same time they're servicing us so it's a mutual benefit kind of thing that not a lot of people understand like it takes proper care we're like we we invest in toys we invest mm-hmm. in education we invest in proper like how how we do things like exactly. hey, going to think about what you have like your kinks your limits and everything just so i can create this scene for you just for you just so that you can feel these emotions that you're craving for mm-hmm. and a lot of the times people think that it's cheap and a lot like i guess i guess yeah a lot of people like are just like why are you charging 200 dollars for something like that i'm like then find someone else the people who know my worth who mm-hmm. actually want to take their time to be with me to learn how i do things just means that they're investing in me because i know if i serve them well if i make them a session that's really good they would do it again and again with me and build something with me in the process and mm-hmm. you know some people just want to do the transaction and i'm not i'm not into that well i respect that i respect that man mm-hmm. and yeah um that's what i've uh that's what i've been meaning to say that i want i want you know like the people watching this to know what what goes beyond the whole bdsm bdsm thing now it's not transactional there's a process that goes along with it and i'm so glad that you 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 shed a light on that mm-hmm. although if i'm being honest i wouldn't mind you know transactions yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get that. it's like it's cool so, so, so i'm just you, wondering now um so so for the two of you so you know we've we've actually covered a lot so we talked about um kinks i don't want to go back there for a bit uh then we spoke about you know um toys and, and things like that so you know the, the whole point of the episode is talking about what modern day desires are right uh so you mentioned that you know um you know uh you know there are people who have this kind of job or this kind of life that's why they, they like certain things so, so for you, Danny, I'm just wondering on your end, like, mm. um, because you know I've invited you so many times already, and it's usually about this topic. Uh, and I'm hoping that you know instead of you know just our usual audience, it reaches to other people. So with that, no, uh, because you know th- this is how I see things, um, like what you guys mentioned in terms of cultural or things like that. In the past, it was mm. mostly you know yeah macho women are under etc so like when you know when there's a couple that goes to you and says hey you know we want to try this and things like that do you have like a like a advice to them or something like that like for example they say oh we want to try sorry just top of mind Mm -hmm. uh, water sports or whatever is there like some sort of advice you give them first before you teach them or what um before i teach anything i ask them why why are you doing this why are you into it why why the certain king 
why now? So I asked those questions because I want to get to know where their headspace is at. So yep. it means we're in, okay, what motivates you to actually do these things? What made you reach out? What made you reach out to me? Those things. Like, I can give advice. It's easy to give advice. But what's, um, how is it different than looking online, right? So that's, that's how I see it. That's how I think. Like, I ask them first. Like, um, if I ask you, like, Paolo, what do you think? Why, why did you create this episode? Why are you doing this? So it, it helps them define what, why they're doing things or their intention in doing it. Because a lot of times people come to me and they're like, I want to try bondage. And I'm like, okay, why? And then they're just like, oh, it's just fun. Is, is, is it that like is that your final answer or is there something more to it and then we can explore that something more and then we can actually you know go towards okay this is what kink is this is what we can do with it this these are the risks these are some safety tips these are the things you can do so it's an expansion of many things like i'm not just going to teach you just that i'm going to teach you beyond that you have to know these things like before you start something you have to start from the foundation so what is your foundation have you tried different kinks have you tried you know doing things safely where did you learn all of the things that you know and let me help you debunk them because i want people to be safe with their practices like what if you don't know what you're doing and you're actually hurting the person you're doing it with thinking that it's normal like um for example like if you're tying someone and then i ask okay any issues that that have arise like have you felt numbing in some way or did you feel like pins and needles and they're like yeah we always i like one of them would answer yeah i always feel feel pins and needles when it's like this and then you realize that's not normal <laughs> that's not how you do it okay let me teach you so it's awareness too awareness of many things awareness of the intentions what you're using if it's proper tools if it's you know proper practices with or without sex do you do you share toys do you know how to use protection well so it's those kinds of conversations that people um try to you know skip all the time but these are essentials that people that i actually advocate for yeah actually you know th that's actually the whole point of this episode i mean we, i mean danny honestly how many times have we done this together already i don't know right let's just say five times for, for this genre of episode uh you know because obviously the spiritual one didn't really have anything to do with this uh because you know the thing is i firstly am comfortable with who i am and the things that i like uh i mean you both know i mean especially you uh Danny, you, you know that i'm super old school and, and things like that but you know for me i've always wanted to have an episode where you know people could learn more mm -hmm. about themselves and more about me learning about myself because uh one thing i could you know say about myself i'm very comfortable with who i am as a person you know what I mean in terms of whatever, right? Maybe except for my weight, I kind of want to lose weight, but then eating is kind of awesome. But you know, but point is, uh, 
you know, it's more about our listeners and our viewers learning more about themselves. And so about you, Coco. Um, so you mentioned that, you know, when you, when you speak to people, right? Um, and they approach you, they say, hey, I want to try, um, I'm going to make up a fetish, um, let's say, drinking water at a crazy amount or whatever. Sorry, I can't think of a legitimate one for some reason. Do you, like, ever tell them, okay, before we do this, um, here's, like, some rules or some words of wisdom or some advice? I mean, do you give stuff like that? Oh, no, man. There's always a conversation before, like, uh, agreeing to it. Because, man. Personally, I don't want to agree uh, in, or I don't want to agree to something that I'm not 100% comfortable. Um, and again, like doing the dom, the dominatrix thing, it's there's there's risks kasi na, that, that accompanies with like the activity. So we have to talk about that, the limits and the, the do's and don'ts. It's very important. And um, I feel like in the process, by, by talking about these things, by having a partner communication, um, we get to know each other and we get to build the trust, which is very important in, in, in doing this, you know, in, in doing this. <laughs> so yeah, I do. To answer your question, yes, I do. I, I, I always have a conversation with the person before, like saying yes to the And other. what do you usually tell them? So I start by basically asking them um their 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 own personal rules their their own their own limits and i i say my i tell them what's mine and if if we're compatible for like compatible in that way um we would be basically agree agreeing on the things that we would do on the actual uh day of you know like the, the meet so yeah it's nothing not too too detailed um but also i'm i make sure that everything is safe everything is with consent and like everything's just clear you know no one's gonna die no one's gonna contract diseases and stuff you know with like with like the with the toys mm -hmm. and stuff i make sure that it's like 100 percent safe that's i think the most important thing for me the safety of not only me and uh but also the sub as well Okay, uh, before we continue, a person named Giselle says hi to Coco. So I, I don't know if it's a friend or... Hey, Giselle. Thanks for dropping by. To Coco and Nudista's TED Talk. I feel like I'm just the... You know how in TED Talks, there's always like a main attraction, whether it's one, two people, but then there's this... Um, what, what do you call that person wherein they're like a host, but they also ask questions? Moderator. Time. Yeah, there. I feel like a moderator in, in this episode. Which is, which is definitely okay, because honestly, this is really my weak point in terms of this. So I'm very happy, of course, that both Nadista and Coco are here. And Jeff Zell says, Mom, Coco is on fire. Oh, wait, Parang Coco, did you change your outfit by any chance? Parang you look a bit different now. Oh, hindi. I just had a different lighting because I was using a laptop kanina. Tapos, um, I forgot to plug it in. So it's uh running low. It's fine. Uh, I had to transfer it to my, ano, my phone. So so, like, so going back to like the heart of the episode, talking about the modern day, right? In terms of people's desires, people's way on how to explore and things like that. And I just want to get to this part very briefly because, you know, um, Nadista has mentioned this, I think, a few times. Like, she's very frustrated by this. 
And in our chat before the episode, both of you are very frustrated by it. But, you know, of course, we have new viewers. Uh, so Fifty Shades of Grey, let's just go there. Um, <laughs> you know, I personally didn't enjoy the films just because I thought that it wasn't good. It was trash. The story was trash. I felt that even if I've never done BDSM and I don't plan to, I don't think they did it right. You know, because I always felt that there's something more than just simply there's like a dom and there's like a club and that's it, right? I mean, I know there should be something more than that. Um, so let's start with Coco with this because, you know, Nadisa has mentioned her um, her uh, hateful feelings towards it. Um, so Coco, like, first you, Coco, like, you know, when the film came out and I saw maybe some people messaged you about it and maybe you said as like a fig or whatever. Uh-oh. How frustrating is it that, you know, for someone who really practices BDSM to, to have some sort of a fake news film wherein they don't give you the whole photo or the whole uh, picture of what real BDSM is? Um, so and when when uh, the movie got released, I, I, I read the book because I'm a huge reader. Uh, when, when the movie uh, got released, it was... It, it gave me mixed feelings because um, finally there's a representation of BDSM in, uh, in, in mainstream media. Even if let's say it's not as accurate as I would like it to be, there's still uh, the representation part. And um, after the release, I felt like more people were generally more interested um in in exploring you know like bdsm so as a matter of fact if i'm not mistaken um after the movie was released parang the google searches in the google searches uh for the words uh dominatrix have increased by i think 800 percent i've read that somewhere so it kind of had like a positive effect man especially to people who do it for work you know, there was there was representation, there was exposure, and I know it's not as accurate, but it can be taught. So like uh, Nudista was saying before, parang, even though there's a still parang a cloudy, a hazy um, idea about the whole BDSM thing, good doms can actually, you know, like teach you the right things, on the, the proper way to do stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 Let's just say the movie was not even close to what you know doing BDSM is like. Mm. But actually, you know, I like what Coco said, Nadista, uh, wherein she said mainstream media or mainstream stuff. Because we both um, like this film called The Secretary with um, Maggie Gyllenhaal and uh, shoot, um, what's we'll the guy? I forgot. You know, I'm not good with. Names. Yeah, but anyway, um, James Spader or something. I think that was his name. The actor, I'm not so sure. But you know, it was a film that we both saw. I James Spader. James Spader, right? Yeah. It is. Okay. I mean, I'm researching it now. <laughs> Maybe just type the secretary, and you'll probably see his name. Yeah. But yeah. James Spader um, and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Right. Okay. Good. Yes. My memory is still okay when it comes to pop culture, but nothing else. But anyway. So, you know, that's what I like uh, with Coco's answer because she mentioned about mainstream because actually it was never mainstream before. You know, when you think about BDSM, I mean, 
if you ask me back then, I'll be like, what the fuck is that, right? Because when you watch The Secretary, you knew what it was about BDSM and things like that. When I watched The Secretary the, the first time, I, I said, what the hell is this kinky shit right here? It's a good film, but what the hell is this? Yeah, where is this coming from? <laughs> exactly, but the one thing I'll remember from the film that I hope that, you know, for, the, for our viewers who are watching and to our podcast listeners tomorrow, watch the film. And this is where you really understand the importance of consent and um, the term that Nudisa used before, like when you take care of the person after. Or, after, or care? after care? After care. After care, because yeah. the film there is... It's not about the shock value where it's like, um, you know, they just do this, he forces her on the table or whatever. It shows you the dynamic, which I think is, you know, very important because, you know, um, when you want to try something new, you have to understand the whole photo. It cannot just be, it cannot just be simply like one scene, one part. You have to understand what the whole thing is and what does it mean to your sub and what does it mean to the dumb person, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why I, I mean, I respect Coco's answer about Fifty Shades bringing it to the mainstream. But for you, Nadisa, did it do more harm than good or did it do more good than harm? It brought harm than good. I guess um, it was their chance or the chance to push something different. But because of poor research, poor execution people started practicing it without actually researching what it is mm-hmm. or if they research it it's mostly like google and then how to do bondage like that mm-hmm. but not actually try to look for practitioners who do it or you know you could have used that avenue that film to be a good basis on what bdsm is it, it, it's a missed opportunity. Like it was the um one of the biggest chances, and I feel like there are lots of films that have kinky aspects. It's just that it was just injected into the film to portray something, because it's our natural desire to do things that are taboo. You know, lots of people uh-huh. think it's taboo in secret, right? So I feel like it's a natural thing. It's just that it's not as explicit as what 50 shades has done i mean if in contrast to secretary like when you watch it before when i I watched it when i was a kingster already so going into it i was like what's this what what the fuck is happening and then when i watched the first sequence like she was he has a bar and then she's like this and then she's walking was like oh my god so it's already like coming from a different standpoint you would see like wow okay this the the boss knows what he's doing he's Mm -hmm. actually taking care of the girl like you're not eating i've noticed that you're harming yourself so i'm going he's already figure out figuring out things in his head so that she can get distracted from actually hurting herself. That's what good doms do. Like, what aspect in your life? Like, this is one thing people forget. Like, sometimes doms can be the ones to help you enforce good lifestyle. What I mean is that when you have a dom and then you have a sub who's like, 
I want to lose weight. Okay, let's do it in a hinky way. Let's play. Let's uh -huh. um okay, if you lose certain a certain amount of weight this week, you'll be able to get out of your chastity and be able to pleasure yourself for a while. Mm -hmm. That can be a form of reward. That can be a way to motivate a person into doing something that benefits themselves. While at the same time, being able to get into that headspace of being a submissive. So it's always about how can I leave this person in a better state, in, in a better condition after I play with them. So that's that's something i look into as a dom like every time i play with a person i want to leave a really good impression while at the same time making sure that when they leave the session they're they are a better person because of it mm -hmm. that's how i see it <laughs> so like sorry coco you mentioned that you you read the book um how how different was the film from the book in terms of how they represented the uh, BDSM like the book versus the movie or the book yeah. and movie versus the reality uh book versus film first um well it it was it was super sexualized kasi um both in the books and film to be honest um well, let's just say na parang the way that they, they executed it, it, both in film and the book, were to... Um, Male gazy? I'm kidding. Yeah, it's, it's, to, it's to focus on that. Like, it's... Like, it's so much of objectification. Hmm. And, you know, it's... That's what's really uh, bothering for me because... Like what Nudista said, it's there. There should always be there. There should there should be a relationship. You know, it's not just a person and an object. You know, it's there is a ping pong of emotions. Kasi for me, mm. so exactly. it was not it was not present in the in the in the movies. The movie was just like a long, badly executed porn media. You get mm. what I'm saying? It's like. It's like soft porn mm. that's also very obscene and I just I, I just don't like it is what I'm trying to say. I just didn't like it at all. I feel like it also resonates that in that film, um, Anastasia or Anna was being forced to do things that she doesn't actually want to do. Mm -hmm. So I guess once you're, you, I mean, we've come from the same place and I feel like when you sit with yourself, of course, as women, we will identify with Anna and how she goes about it because she literally, she was powerless because this guy just presented himself and made her sign a contract that this is what you're into. And it, 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 it somehow doesn't sit well. Because being in a BDSM dynamic or in being in BDSM means that you have to feel empowered. Empowered as the dom, empowered as the sub. Because being a sub is um, is beautiful for most people. Like, this is my power and I am giving this power to you because 
I know that I trust you. I know that you can do so many things with me. And I know that I will get out of this without any, like, I mean, I mean with me not dying or anything, right? So in some ways, Anna lost her power and wasn't able to actually do anything about it anymore, which is so sad. Yeah, because it because it's not supposed to be that way, mm. you know. Paolo, <laughs> sorry, it's just that you know I was analyzing. Sorry about that. So okay, so we we touched base a bit about uh, Fifty Shades and, and all of these things. Uh, so I'm wondering on you know Nadista and Coco. Uh, so you mentioned what your you know your kinks are and, and things like that. Is there like a new kink that you dis that you discovered that you may have liked or that you like now that you've like in the in the past? Recently, quote unquote recently, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Um, I discovered that very recently, lang din, that mm. I'm kind of enjoying voyeurism. Watching. Being, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not being. I, oh, you're yeah. the exhibitionist. The exhibitionist. Mm -hmm. mm. So, um, I discovered. Do you do you want to hear the story? <laughs> Are the kids go for me? it. <laughs> I'm curious, and I want to mention a film after. But curious, but go ahead. Uh, two months ago, I was I was in Eliden at that time. Um, so. I and this person had done it at the beach. It's mm. it, it wasn't super late, but it wasn't super late. Um, and then there were a it was uh, four thirty p.m. No, no, man. Oh my god, twelve. No, it was it was pretty late. It was like around ten o'clock na. Oh, and gosh. the the ano kasi at the beach is eleven. The how are you call? Um, closing time or something. Yeah, so uh, by 10, we agreed now. Okay, let's do it quick. Let's just do it. Uh, one hour thing by the beach and stuff like that. And I agreed. And then we met there. And then we did it there. And then there was a group of people, a group of barcada that was also in the same spot. And we still did it anyway. And the, the idea that like people were like, that, that certain group of people were looking at us and, 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 you know, I know that I'm very aware that they're they're noticing us. It made me more performative. So ah, yes, I, more char. <laughs> I've done things uh, in that set setting that I wouldn't do in like a normal bedroom, like cook. Mm -hmm. So I felt that like being watched uh, gave me an audience. So you know, like if there's an audience, you have to put on a show. And that's what I did. Mm. Performer. <laughs> so I just recently discovered that I'm into voyeurism, exhibitionism. How about you? Yeah, no, no, these are definitely like, yeah. I mean, I've done that many times. Really? I mean, I've had sex in front of friends before. In front of friends? Play party. <laughs> no, but, okay, but like, no, no. So, like, what's something new that you discovered? New. 
interesting. Let's get back to that later. I wanna. Okay, okay. So when it comes to me, um, because of my play partner, I'm into leather now. Not really as bad as he is, like at his intensity. But when he has a lot of collection of leather, Later. and whenever I'm there, he dresses me up. So uh-huh. when I when I wear, it's actually upstairs. I was supposed to wear it, but I was like. <laughs> because it's a corset like it's a leather it's like a leather top and it's a corset and they have to get into it so he dresses me up and i like wearing it because it feels powerful mm-hmm. like you're putting on something that makes you feel Sexy. so much power in some way so that's why it's like I didn't know that I was into leather, or maybe it's someone dressing me up into the dom, into like getting to the headspace, like right. So uh-huh. okay, so in order to get into that place, like when I go to his place, I take my clothes off, like because we we don't have sex at all. There's no pressure to have sex or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like. I can take my clothes off. No, he won't touch me anyway. So because I, I when I feel comfortable, I would do that. Like I would just take my clothes off and be like, yay. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, he's into leather. And I'm like, why not? So when he dressed me the first time, I felt so sexy. I was like, okay, I need heels next time. So I brought my heels and I was like, oh, I feel like a different person. <laughs> so <laughs> It, it it's amazing it's because I'm somebody who loves taking my clothes off and I feel empowered. And this time when I wear that, it makes me feel empowered too. So it's like, huh, I can yeah. feel empowered in both situations. And you know, it's it's something different for me because I like being in lingerie because it's more fun. But uh-huh. being in leather also feels good. Like the headspace is there. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go back to me, <laughs> me in front of my friend. <laughs> yes, okay. okay, go on, tell me. Okay, so tell it's me. actually from a play party. Like here in uh, in Manila, we have play parties, and I was invited, and I was like, okay, I was tying people up during that time, and then the, a thought came into my head, and then I asked my friend, like she she's a sub, I was like. You're into cuckolding or cockweening. Oh, I love cock-holding. She's like, she's like, yes. And I'm like, and then I asked the boyfriend because we're all good friends. Like in the king, in that party, all of them are my friends and they know how kalat I can be. So I was like, hey, can can we play? So what happened was, um, I tied the girl, and then I played with the guy, and then. While the girl is tied, she was actually being tortured. Like, this is the scene inside my head, and then we were able to do it. So she was tied, and then my other friend was holding her down while she was um, she was being stimulated with uh-huh. the magic wand. So while I was being fucked by the boyfriend, <laughs> someone was torturing her on my command. So I was like, yeah! <laughs> so... Because it's a play party, people can come in and out. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when that happened, actually, I was surprised. Apparently, I squirted. I didn't feel it. And then the, the one torturing the girl was like, girl, your squirt went to my face. And I'm like, oops, I'm sorry. 
No, it's, it's one of those things where everyone was happy, everyone was laughing. And it, it, it was one of those things where when you're in a really good crowd, when you're with people who you trust, it's like, it's just fun. It's for play. It's like, yeah. even if you have sex with people there, it's like, it's just for fun because I get to play mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, I, I guess as a dom, like if sex happens, it's mostly because I want to escalate it. I want to give you like a different kind of sensation. Even if I don't come, it's like, it's fine. I'm using my body as a toy for this thing that I want to. I want you to achieve. So uh-huh. it's actually very different, and, and and it's it's quite fun because after that, I was so tired. I was lying down, and then I was I was in some somewhat like a couch there, and then because there were subs, like I've been tying the whole night. There were so many subs, and I was like, I'm tired. So I did this to another guy. I was like, massage me. And then two other subs came, and they're like, "Can we massage your feet?" Oh yes, of course. <laughs> so I'm like, yes. "Gang, I'm like gang bang me with massages. I'm good." <laughs> yes. That sounds so fun. Yeah. So these are the experiences that I've had with play with people I've played with and who are consenting to this kind of thing. And I feel like after the pandemic I'd be like, I want to have a play party. Invite Kohayo. <laughs> I would set up like next week. <gasps> next week. I mean if, if I was invited to that, no. I think I'd just be drunk the whole time. I'll be like, okay Danny <laughs> <laughs> You just go to a room and be like what the fuck? Well, I'll be like this the whole time. Like maybe you and Coco will have fun. I was, I'll be with a bottle of rum and I'll just be like, yeah, I'll be like we, no, we'll be ha- we'll be having our strap on and then we'll be like walking around. And I'll just Who's be next? So be like, Luckily for me, I don't need the strap on. <laughs> well, you can add one more so that the one. Oh, why not? Diba? Exactly. <laughs> oh. oh my god, Paolo. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> see, like, you know, bring out the big guns, which should be like a bottle of one five one. But after that statement, I'll need to bring out like a uh, what do you call that? Um, shoot, I'm trying Lampano. to remember the name of that Jägermeister. Like I'll mix one five one rum and Jägermeister. Oh, like, I appreciate Hendrix recently. I've been drinking a lot of Hendrix. Helps me. That is a very deep drink for you, Coco. You're like twenty four, right? I don't know. You're twenty four years old, right? I'm um, twenty one now. Oh, okay, my bad. What? No. <laughs> I was like, what? No, I'm oh, wait, no, you Okay, because you know, when I first met Nadista, I thought she was like 21, 20, 21, like that. Then when I first met Coco, I thought she was younger than 26, also. So I you know, tend to forget. But yeah, if oh, you ever I'll definitely, I'll definitely just be drinking the whole time. And maybe you have Don't a get drunk, though. No, I'll probably, not really drunk. I'll just be more like, yeah, okay. Then I'll take a slice. Then I'll get like a slice of pizza. So you know, I think, I'm just wondering. Take, uh, I think there's a game for Paolo. Take a shot every time you're shocked. Okay, so there are two things uh, to, to that. Do you want me to either get drunk or get alcohol poisoning? Because I think it would be one of the two. <laughs> if we did that game. <laughs> And it's something involving that uh, Nudista and Coco. Like, if it's involving the two of you, 
I would either get one of the two. Like it has to be one of the two. It's impossible. It's not one of the two. Yung pagbuot pala ng pinto. What the hell? <laughs> when I open the door, I'm like, Jesus, um, Nadista. I, I thought shots. Bakit naging bote? Every time I get shot with something. Actually, yung pinto, may narinig na siya. Like, uh-uh. No, it's okay. It's more like, it's more like, what am I seeing? Because, you know, I guess, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, what you hear, it's like the usual things you hear, like the moanings and whatever. No. Okay. There's barking, there's... Sometimes you don't hear anything at all. It depends on the plane. Depends. Okay, but, okay, for the, the point of the drinking game, it's more visual than hearing. Because if we did both, then it's alcohol poisoning right there. Okay, so, um, I, you know, I want to get to this part of the episode where we talk about... Because a lot of the things you guys talk about was before COVID, right? You know, you guys were able to go to different places, meet different people easily, etc. right? But then now... Because of the pandemic, uh, you know, obviously before the lockdown, you guys had to be careful with who you meet uh, and, and things like that, right? But um, let's just assume that, you know, you guys do a lot of digital stuff right now, more of online. First question is, um, how often is it? And second question is, um, because, you know, here in the Philippines, right, there's this whole um, law about um, sex work. Mm-hmm. And porn, because if I'm not mistaken, Pornhub is blocked in the Philippines. And no. At Depends. times it's blocked, at times it's not. From what I think um, Depends on your service provider. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Um, Use VPN. Um, so first to Coco, then to Nidista. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you guys do it in terms of online because of these restrictions? Like, okay. so, so it's like, um, you don't need to name the website or anything. You don't, you don't need to do that. But do you do it on a public website or is it like a private server kind of thing? Chat. I Chat. mean, on your phone, like, like your on your app. messaging app, so that it's just you. So like, you you guys get like a cell phone stand. You you video call the person and then that's it. Or a laptop. Yeah. Or yeah. what? Sorry. Laptop. A laptop. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, okay. It's literally just mga cam to cam shows. Just like that. Hmm. Okay, and I'm just wondering now, and this may sound like a very silly question, but you know, because of the pandemic, there are a lot of, um, you know, sex workers, which, you, you know, for Nadista, that's not really her. Um, but then you know, there are a lot of sex workers that instead of doing physical, they have to do digital, right? They, they have to like um, adapt to the situation. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering for you, Coco, and for you, Nadista, why haven't you guys gone to websites like, you know, the OnlyFans, um, Alua, and all these other places? Well, Nadista, I know you, you don't do those websites, but for you, Coco, do you? Um, I have a private Telegram channel where I post all my stuff. Um, I also advertise there, uh, give them like my price list and all that. And I also upload some of like my free previews. So if they want to like request for custom videos, they can join the channel and just chat me directly. So I use that app. Okay, so you have like a private server. All right. Um, how about you, Nadista? Why haven't you like decided to go to like OnlyFans, Lua, and all those other? Um, apps websites uh, i feel like it's not my thing 
I feel uh-huh. like in when when it comes to those things, you have to have an audience. We're in, hey, I'm doing this because I need the money. Uh-huh. Most people go to it because they want the income from what they're for doing. The yes. For me, uh-huh. yeah. But for me, I want I'm posting things because I want to share what ha- happened with me. Or like, I mean, a lot of the times, or maybe because I I'm in I'm on alter Twitter and stuff. I noticed that lots of people send out their nudes, advertise. It's always the same thing. And most of the time they do it because they need to generate money. And it's work and it's not anymore for fun. Like I'm doing this for fun. I don't wanna be forced to create content just because I need to do it or else I don't get paid. Or like I don't wanna be subjected to um how usual people do it. Like in sex work it's like tell me what to do with myself so that it get paid i'm not like that like Mm -hmm. i want to if i'm going to go to those avenues i'm going to post my art like i'm going to post because i want to post Mm -hmm. support me if you want to support me you can just go to me directly and say i love your i love what you do this like Mm -hmm. i don't want to also be in platforms like that because people steal content content yeah yeah so might as well if i'm going to create my own thing i'm gonna make it in my own website and just have like um a payment wall where in in order to see the gallery here you go Uh -uh. (laughs) yeah it's it's Mm -hmm. it's, i don't need to go through a third party just to process a lot of these i can just make my own so, so I'm wondering now, um, for you guys, just opinion based, okay? Um, why do you think apps, websites like OnlyFans are doing really well? Because I mean, here's the thing, though. Um, we have websites like Pornhub and such, where there's free porn, basically. But why do you think websites like OnlyFans, Alua, they're doing really well? Wherein, you know, as an average user, you could just type you know, a porn website and you could get free porn. Okay, first of all, a lot of porn these days are super... Um, Manufactured. Yeah, and it's really bad acting, you know? It's just mm-hmm. it's just basically not something I would like to pleasure myself to because I don't enjoy the content. Uh, second of all, uh, with subscription-based websites, you know, like Patreon, um, OnlyFans, Alua, Sometimes you get to talk to the person that um, you know you're 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 subscribing to, unlike in porn, like you just see them and that's it. Sometimes in uh, subscription-based websites, you can like have an interaction with them, and I think that's hot that you can have an actual conversation with them. You know, ask them about your your your, your sexual uh, preferences and all that stuff. So I guess if you're looking for like a quick, you know, like quick boss you can always easily opt for the porn but if you're like if you really want to support the artist support the mm. person who, who does this content because it takes a lot of not only effort but also money and skills you would prefer you know to actually subscribe their um, um those accounts their accounts their pre- uh, mm. what do you call that their exclusive accounts basically mm-hmm. um how about unity i think it's more of like a very personal thing 
Like you feel very close. Like um, with porn, you're like, uh, okay, I'm objectifying this person. But with 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 the other apps, yes, there's some kind of objectification, but it's more of like I can reach out to this person. Like sometimes um, content creators actually take the time to create content or you know do lives on the app so that they can interact with the people who are there like hi how are you let me talk to you you can see what i'm doing kind of thing so it's very personalized very human and some of it is scripted but you know yes i admit sometimes i would subscribe to women content creators just to support them you know Mm -hmm. giving back to the community making sure that you know, no one gets left behind. You know, especially mm-hmm. if I'm, if I get like a lot of subscribers this month, I would, I would promote their page. I would personally follow or subscribe to their page for the support. It's a whole community. I feel like it's the strength as well of the BDSM community. Um, mm-hmm. not only the sex working community, but you know, like the the whole industry in general, is that it's very common for a content, an independent content creator to support each other and like when you're like being managed by like an agency a sex agency mm-hmm. they 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 objectify you they 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 don't they don't appreciate you you're just another like money maker for them so i feel like with the websites like uh like like only fans you're an independent artist your own you earn your own you are you're more empowered no work no one controls you so i think that for me plays a big factor why I would rather um, spend on those websites. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, we have a comment from Pat. You're very popular tonight, Coco. So Pat says, hello, Coco, with a heart. Hey, Pat. Oh, God. Ito pala yung mga gusto niyo mga pinag-uusapan ko. I always talk about sex in my profile, to be honest. But I don't usually go live or they don't usually like hear me say these things. Like say say these things. It's always like a written post that they can share. Uh well it's 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 good to realize that you want me to to actually say these things. <laughs> so hello Pat. I hope you're learning something because this to hear my sisters are really I know really uh right person she knows a lot about what she's doing what we're doing and i feel like you could really uh learn a lot from her definitely especially you know nadista she really knows a lot like she really does um there's also another one this is about um coco's thing about the beach a while ago so giselle says audience impact is 10 percent out of the 100 percent so yeah, so you know, we, we spoke a lot about in the in this episode. We touched base about a lot of things, and you know, I'm just wondering, you know, last words from you guys, uh, in terms of the whole, you know, modern day kinks, modern day fetishes about exploring things like that. What's your advice to people who just want to explore for the very first time? Let's start with Nadista. Um, do your research, like. Uh, um, read up on so many things. Like, don't just do the first article that you've seen on Google. Like, find practitioners. Like, you can always Google um, Shibari ma- masters. Or you would see people who are very open about it, especially in the U.S. They have 
like an array of different practitioners who actually do workshops. So you can always subscribe to their like Instagram and then you can check whether or not they have um, workshops for this month that you can get into. And then during those workshops, they open the floor for Q&As. So it's easier for you to actually ask the expert themselves on how to do things properly. So, you know, if, if you're really invested into it, go in it with, with um, I guess, the idea that it's not a perfect um, experience at right off the bat. Like, there are so many things you have to learn along the way. You have to learn about yourselves first, what you're comfortable with. Have you been able to explore effective communication with your partner? Because when you get into BDSM, you realize that effective communication that you, I mean, the communication you've learned in your everyday life is nothing compared to the communication you're going to learn when you're actually doing BDSM. Like, seriously, the way I talk to people now is because of the training I got from talking to people in when it comes to king so an example would be if i said hey i'm sad today and then people will just take it as okay you're sad but when you're you're a practitioner you're like okay why are you sad oh i'm sad because of this okay why did this give you this certain emotion so you get to expound on an, an, a subject so easily so that you get to understand the person more deeply. And that is what is needed in BDSM. So before trying things out, make sure to know what the foundation of BDSM is, what it is, um, what is it not about. Like, um, Also learn about safety, the risks of it, of the activities that you might want you to get into the proper tools, the proper etiquette, whatever. Like there are um, communities online, but if they're still unsure, like they can always reach out to me and reach out to Coco, reach out to people who are out there with their kinks so that they have someone who's actually practicing it and has like their proper guidance to, you know, teach them these things. Alright, um, very well said, Nadisa. How about you, Coco? Um, BDSM is not for everyone, you know. Um, don't do anything that you're uncomfortable with. And if you tried BDSM and you ended up not liking it, that's totally fine. It's totally okay to be um, old school, to be not into being submissive or what. You you do you sis, you do you bro, whatever. It's okay. Vanilla sex is perfectly okay. Like I said, BDSM is not for everyone. And um just uh you know, continue uh doing whatever you're comfortable with in the bed. That's it. I'm just gonna keep it real. It's it's okay. It's okay to be uh vanilla. Nothing's wrong with that. Mm -mm. All right. Well, you know, um, thank you again to both um, Coco and Medista for being here and to our audience. That was the episode for today. But of course, as usual, here the plug-in. So let's start out with Medista. So go ahead, Medista. 
Hi everyone. So you can contact me on Instagram, like at I am Nidista.png. Um for sex toys, Char. <laughs> so because we were talking about sex toys a while ago, like I have a discount code for a certain sex shop. So if you wish to actually get it, I can, you know, send it over to you if you message me on uh, yeah, I you. Like, I'll send it to you guys later. Okay. So it's—I mean, I don't get anything from it, but you know, just being able to be open about it is actually a privilege in itself. Like, not mm-hmm. a lot of people have the avenue, the strength, and the willingness to do it. So, might as well be the person to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, if you want to save space, if you want to save space to ask about King ask about whatever like you feel like asking you can always reach out to me at i am on instagram so don't be afraid i don't bite without consent <laughs> um so go. uh okay Arba? yeah um well I don't have a lot of projects ongoing right now, but if you want to be part of my Telegram channel, just let me know. I'll hook you right in. You guys can check uh, the services I offer. It's a lot of fun, and even if you're a girl, you know you can you can you can talk to me. And I have I have uh, sessions with you know like people who want to be doms as well. I can help you with the basics. Um, so it's not just for submissiveness; it's for everyone. You know, this is a like a whole 360 thing. You know, it's not just for 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 the guys out there. So check me out. It's gonna be fun. You're gonna learn a lot. And yeah, let's that's it. Okay, so um, Iglat will be back next week. Uh, but next week episode, next week's episode is going to be way more conservative because uh, for next week's episode we'll be speaking to someone who was actually affected by covid in the sense that she went to um she went abroad with her boyfriend you know to spend christmas and she was stuck for six months because of all the canceled flights so we'll be talking to her about you know her experience uh you know what she you know how she worked and, and all these things so yeah next week's episode is going to be very um wholesome conservative compared to this week's episode but of course thank you to always nadista who's always very game to be here i'm very um honored that she's oh she has never said no so far in the guest uh which is going to be which is really great because you know without her i think this episode would be like 30 minutes because after the whole it'd be like uh, shock the whole yeah i'll be shocked the whole time and after the whole Shit hit the fan part of Coco. I think I will just stop there. So I'll be like, yeah, guys, that's it. Bye. Um, see you guys, next week I'm done. Yeah, a bottle of gin, you know, offline. But yeah, thank you again, of course, to the Zista and to Coco for this episode. It's been really great. Uh, see you guys next week, hopefully. And yeah, take care, everyone. Stay safe and goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Bye.